0: What's up, Podcast World Chat building back at you with another episode of This Life Ain't for Everybody. If y'all haven't done it yet, please go to that NAWTC.com website and get signed up for the 2019 North America Whitetail Championships. Like I said before, $300 gets you in for your chance to qualify and win $50,000 cash money. It's whitetail hunting. It's archery hunting. Show your passion. Show your love for the outdoors conservation. It's for a great cause, and you can win some money along the way. Brought to you by Michael Waddell and the Bone Collector crew down there in Booger Bottom, Georgia as well as my good buddy Clint Walker out in Kansas with Wicked Outfitters. So the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships coming at you starting this September. If you know your way around a bow and arrow and you love to chase whitetail buck deer, get after it. $300 gets you entered to win $50,000. Check them out at NAWTC.com or visit them on Facebook or Instagram, NAWTC. Again, brought to you by Michael Waddell and Bone Collector. On today's episode, I'm excited because I got my first ever Husband and wife, and you guys have met the husband part of this this, uh, duo. These guys are... uh pretty badass and you're going to learn more about him but we already know matt Pendola, pandola training and what he does as far as uh, my training personally we've talked about a lot of his theories and a lot of his visions when it comes to training and we've also uh, had had the honor of having some of his athletes on this podcast such as joey gilbert who will be joining us again soon and such as gabby williams who is an all-around badass in the european basketball league right now as well as playing for chicago in the wmba uh, actually, been in contact with her lately, and have asked her to come back on because we get so many requests. The last request I got, I got—I got to find it the individual was. Gabby is so well-spoken and so well-rounded and so naturally nice and humble. She's a joy to listen to. So that's kudos to you guys because that has a lot to do with what you guys. I don't know if preach or teach is the right word, but your lifestyle and the culture of the gym it really does bring that out it shows you you know that your athletes are being brought up the right way both by their parents and by your guys's ideology so you know kudos to pendola training and what you guys are achieving again and now you guys are taking it a step further with what Aaron is has going on the first thing that I want to talk about with you Aaron say hello so everybody knows your voice hello everybody so Aaron is soft-spoken but you, you're not going to find a more qualified female. And I say female because I don't I don't I don't train with that many females. I never have trained with that many females my entire life. And when you get when you get that thought in your head that oh you you throw like a girl or you swing like a girl or you hit like a girl, well, that's just when you get around them and you start seeing what Gabby can do in the gym and then you see what Aaron can do in the gym, it's pretty embarrassing when you go in there and try to do what you can do and then you see what they can do and you're just like why am I even in here besides the fact that you want to get to that level so what Erin has done in the last little bit of her life is besides being an unbelievable physical shape she's a mom and she doesn't look like she's ever had kids but on the top of that she just tested and completed her first degree black belt in jiu-jitsu.
1: Not jiu-jitsu, but mixed martial arts. Mixed
0: martial yeah. arts. So it's an all-around combination black belt. Tell me a little bit yeah, about Yeah,
1: the jiu-jitsu is pretty separate. I mean, we do work some of that curriculum into the program, but if, if for anyone that knows um to get your black belt in jiu-jitsu is much bigger commitment. You know, not saying that what I did wasn't, but that's like, you know, 10 years in the making versus 3 years for a martial arts black belt.
0: Oh so. so you're saying that to even get a first degree black belt in jujitsu is like a ten year yeah. ordeal for the first degree.
1: Just for your black yeah, for your black belt. So it's just a much longer longer
0: process. So in is this Brazilian jiu-jitsu that you're yes. referring to? Mm-hmm. Can you get a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu in America? Yes. So you can go to a studio here, like yeah. you're at Conviction. Right. Um, and Kelly the owner of Conviction mm-hmm. I want to talk to her about her on a different level today because you know her yeah. I I've never met her.
1: Yeah, she's amazing.
0: So she everybody that I talk to says she's amazing. Why is she amazing? Is she a good person or is it are you just attributing her amazing quality to how she kicks people's ass on the mat or in the in the, in a jiu-jitsu um, match?
1: You know, I would say both, but primarily what what draws I think draws people to Kelly is who she is, you know. Primarily, she wants you to be a good person. If you're a good person, then that's what's most important to her. And she can help you with the athletic part and, and get you, you know, better at your sport. But what is most important to her is, is who you are as a person. So I think that draws a lot of people to her. And then on the female aspect, I mean, there aren't a lot of female jiu-jitsu coaches in this area. I mean, she might be the only one, honestly, you know, and, and that's a big draw for her, too, I think. And she's amazing at what she does, so...
0: The first thing that drew me to what, when you guys started talking about her, was the name of the studio. I think that's just the coolest name. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean to you? Conviction. Yeah.
1: Oh gosh, that's a <laughs> that's a good question.
0: I ask everybody, like me and Matt went over, Matt and I went over. What does the word grit mean to somebody? Right. And what is the what is the word? compassion mean. I've had conversations about the word passion and compassion because a lot of people are like, there's no way you have compassion for animals. You kill them. And I'm like, no, that's couldn't be more opposite of the truth. You know? So when I hear the word conviction, it's almost like the first thing you think of that I think of is like illegal (laughs) is that's the first definition. Then the (laughs) other one is the other part of it is love. and, And you you're in this convicted, you know, this conviction of you have these loving feelings for another person. But conviction, when, it, when you start talking about, is it pushing yourself to a, a certain yeah. limit? What is, what is, she, getting, what is um, she getting out of that?
1: Well, for me, conviction is, yeah, determination and, and not giving up. So perseverance, conviction, I think those can go hand in hand. So when you're training for something or just in life, but specifically towards the martial arts side of that, um, having conviction and perseverance is going to be obviously very important if you want to reach the, the end goal.
0: So when you go in and you talk to her about the idea of going down this road that you're on right now, and you're not stopping where you where you got, it, from what I hear, or what I gather, is she the kind of person that says, "Look, if you're going to come in here and you're going to tell me that you want to go down this road to getting your first degree black belt, I need you to understand that there's no no excuses. You can't just come in here when you want. This is how it's going to be, and you're going to have to follow this protocol." Is yeah. that how it is? Or do you yes. just go in there and bounce in there when you can and say, Hey, um, I'm here, Callie. Or...
1: I mean, up to the point of where you're going to train for your black belt. So as you go through the, through the ranks, yeah. I mean, you're definitely, it's kind of up to you as to how you're going to do that. But once you hit the, the testing phase, which is usually about six months towards the end of your journey to get to your black belt. Um, yeah, it's pretty strict, you know, schedule from, from that time to, to the time you reach your black belt. So, you know, there's there is some some give and take, but yeah, she does get to to be pretty strict on your on your timing and your schedule. So, she, there, men- she demands a
0: lot. But. Have you always had the mentality to com- to compete against yourself, Aaron, and to be so um, so disciplined as far as like. Were you an athlete growing up? Did you compete on team sports? Because now it seems like this is the time that a lady that you're what you're in your mid thirties right now. Thirty eight. You're a mom. Me is a, a badass little girl. Thank you're you. You're married. You have a home life. You have a full time training. You're a quali- you're a, a certified masseuse. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you say, well, I'm gonna go for my black belt. And on top of that, you're also are you training for a, a competition right now to Spartan or uh, something?
1: Spartan. Yeah, I kind of always train for that. Just keep myself in shape for that.
0: Are you going to compete in one?
1: Um, the next one won't be until, unless we can get one before that, but November.
0: So you're going to compete in a Spartan in your mid thirties in November, 2019 okay. is, are you ever going to be able to say enough is enough? Like I don't need to go to jujitsu. I don't need to go and, and compete in the Spartan. Is it because of the guy sitting next to you that you have this mentality that you guys challenge each other and have this, like this ongoing, it's not a feud. It's not a battle, but you guys push each other in a good way to get the most out of yourself every day. And you have to prove that by saying, I'm going to go win a Spartan cause he's won several you go get a black belt and now is he going to have to go get a black belt? I mean, is it, is it ever end in the Pandola household? I just can't, I don't understand how you have the time to get a black belt and then it's going to take hundreds of hours of training to win a Spartan. I, it, does it end or is it just the mentality that you're always, that you were born with or where um, does it come from? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's just who I am partly and growing up. I was a professional dancer, so I did compete, um, you know, throughout my life. And then I, I did have Mia and that kind of, that took over. You know, and now that she's older, I feel like I can put some of that time back into to myself and, and you just have to, you have to make it work for, for your life. And I understand that that's not the same for everybody, but it is my lifestyle. So I'm just going to keep training until I can't train anymore. I how guess.
0: how important is vanity to you as a woman? I want to talk about vanity because you would, you would think that a girl would do this 100% for vanity, like the girls, they, they're looked at in, in, in society, like different symbols of whether it was sexual or beauty or the perfect specimen guys have always been able to, um, you, you, you really never hear that. Like you're, this guy's, you know, he's a sex symbol or he's this vanity to me is very important because I like I feel like if I feel I look good, I perform better. I have more confidence. It seems to me like a girl vanity would play a huge role in being accepted and as sad as it is to say it seems like you guys were always put in a position that you had to always look good um be sexy be you know at the top of your game at all time but you seem like you're you're in it for different results as far as you you are getting a black belt you are raising a daughter the right way to show her that you can achieve a lot uh, uh, whether you're a man or a woman you it, there, there's no boundaries i understand that but as far as vanity goes, is it big to you? Do you have to wake up and be able to fit in the pants that you wore when you were in high school? Do you have to look is hundred percent hot all the time? How is vanity play into it?
1: Um, it's,
0: I, it's it's a it's a it's a true feeling of mine. No, because that's a it,
1: legitimate yeah. That's a legitimate question. Um, that has changed a lot. When I was younger, I would say yeah, I was probably more for vanity than than for wanting to feel good. You know, being younger and, and working out. It's like, well, I'm going to do this so that I, yeah, so I can fit into those jeans or whatever. Um, I honestly don't really think about that anymore. I, yeah, I, I'd be lying if I said that it was all for, you know, being stronger and healthier. There is still a little bit of that. Like, yeah, you want to look good. You put in all this work and effort and time, then you want to have something to show for it, right? But it's, that's not my primary concern anymore. It, it's an added benefit. What, what do you say, Matt? Aesthetics follow. No, wait. How do you say that?
0: The aesthetics
1: are, follow athletics. So if you're an athlete, your aesthetics will come from your sport if you, if you put enough time and training into it. So if you think of that secondary and you just try to get really good at your sport and, and be the best athlete you can be, then you're going to enjoy those benefits of also looking good after.
0: So with this mentality that you have as the, the aesthetics follow athletics, do you, do you look down on people and I'm not saying in a mean way, but do you ever find yourself questioning somebody when you see that they're not in shape, that they're not taking care of their body, that they're not aesthetically put together the way that they could be? Because everybody has the opportunity to take care of their bodies to the highest level. I know that you, we all cheat a little bit. We all get off course a little bit, whether it is, but do you ever find yourself looking at somebody in society, whether it's at the mall or the grocery shop center, or wherever and go, why, why are you doing that to your body? Why, are, why are you getting so far out of shape that you're probably never going to be able to get back? Do you ever find yourself thinking like that? Because that goes with vanity too, because now you're like in this position of comparing yourself because not a lot. And I don't, I'm not sitting here kissing your ass because I see all the time we're good friends, but not a lot of women look like you. So do you personally ever find yourself going, Why? Why do you let it get that far out of hand? I'm I'm trying to get yeah. I'm trying to get in your brain a little bit on how far do you push the way that somebody should look.
1: Well, again, if you take out how they should look versus how they feel, that's probably the first thought is like you might look like that, but how do you feel? Like how can you live your life feeling that way? You know, uh, you can't feel good if you're not healthy, you know, in my opinion. So it wouldn't be so much as looking at someone and being like, oh my gosh, they're so out of shape and, and it looks terrible. It's more of, gosh, that probably feels terrible to be in their body. And so it's more of a compassion thing of like, if you could show somebody how, how good it can feel to, to be in shape and to be healthy, then that should be the primary concern not so much you know the outside look but yeah we are human we do judge other people but it should come from a place of like you want someone to feel good uh, about themselves you know and be able to be healthy and strong and no I couldn't imagine you know waking up and not being able to to go about my day the way that I do that would be very disappointing for me.
0: Now as far as the disappointment and going about your day do you obviously you watch what you eat obviously you don't have you don't have that mentality to abuse anything, everything in moderation. Um, when you talk about the disappointment of going about your day, are you 100% just cut and dry? Like no carbs. I'm not going to eat You're Italian. Do you no. eat pasta? Like <laughs> yeah. ha- how, how, m- where I'm going with this, Aaron is, can you eat what you want and you work out so hard that you look the way you do? Or do you have to just like be 100% disciplined on your nutrition diet to stay in this kind of shape in your mid thirties as a female? Because I seem like if I eat a piece of bread, I feel like I need to go work out for three days before I eat, eat even look at a carb. You know, that's how the men, my mentality's got, which I, I wish I could get rid of it. I wish I could just be like carbs aren't the devil. They're not the enemy. You need carbs, yeah. especially for your brain. But It seems to look like what you and Matt have gotten to, and I talk to Matt about it all the time, and I know that Matt will eat, you know, whatever he wants sometimes, but he's pretty disciplined. Yeah. You seem a little bit more, maybe a little bit more happy-go-lucky. Like, Matt, you cannot eat, I don't care if you eat the lasagna, I'm eating my mom's lasagna kind of attitude.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't have the same, I mean, Matt will tell you, and I'm sure you've heard from him personally, but he does get some some issues with eating gluten and, and certain starchy things that don't sit so well with him. I I'm kind of lucky in the sense that I don't really have those issues. So yeah, I'm Italian. We eat pasta. We eat bread. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I'm I'm as disciplined as Matt by any means. I I kind of I mean I do watch what I eat. It's like you know I wouldn't eat whatever I wanted all the time. But I definitely um, no, I'm not scared to eat carbs they're they're actually my number one thing that I, that I would go to. <laughs> they are. So
0: but you've gotten to the point in your life that they can be. And that's through your fitness, right? Yeah, and I'm sure training. that I'm
1: sure that helps, you know, if if I didn't train the way I did and um then that might catch up with me. I'm I'm sure.
0: So if if there's a girl that she doesn't necessarily want to look like you, but she wants to feel like you. Right. She wants to feel better about herself, being able to Like Matt says, just move, get your knee, you know, get your tendons, get your joints, get things, you know, flowing, um, get your, your mental approach gets better. I feel like if you feel better about the way you look, I don't think that that should be shut down. I don't think that that should be considered a shallow thought. I think vanity plays a big role in what you guys do because I when I go in there to work out, I would be lying if I said when I woke up this morning looked in the mirror that I wasn't proud of what I'm getting by going in there and working out.
1: Right.
0: I'm more into like the way I felt yesterday when I came out of the gym, like I was like, man, that was, was a good workout. That's how you're supposed to yeah. feel. So if somebody comes up to Aaron Pandola and they say, "Hey, look, what can I do to get started? What, and I'm talking to female,
1: right?
0: What, what would you tell somebody? Let's say that they're, let's say that they're 30 years old and they've been out of high school 12 years, they've had a kid or two and they're, they're kind of in that housewife mode to where they're really not getting their full potential every day. Is it going on a walk? Is it, is it going walking to the mailbox instead of stopping at the mailbox on your way home in your car? Is it little things like that that can make the difference? Or what would you tell them being in the, in the job that you're doing?
1: Um, I guess it depends on their history. You know, yeah, what, what's their background? You know, did, what, what are they used to in their life? Um, because maybe starting with a walk wouldn't be enough for somebody, whereas somebody else, that would be a huge thing for them, you know? So I think it depends a lot on their background and, and where they're coming from you know, but yeah, the, the initial thing is, well, what I have found is you need to enjoy what you're doing or you're not going to do it long term. You know, you, you have to be in it for the right reasons. If you're just picking it because you think that that's going to be like, I'm going to start running. Cause that's going to make me lose the most weight and then I can eat whatever I want, but you hate running. Well, you're probably not going to be a runner for very long. And then I think that's the key finding something that you're that you love, that you're passionate about, that you know that you can wake up in the morning and look forward to, to doing that.
0: That's a good point. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get a gym membership.
1: No, people do all kinds. I mean, like myself, Matt's, Matt's a runner and, and we were just talking before this, you know, if, if I run five miles, like to me, that's a, that's a good run for me. But for him, that would just be a, a warm up. you know? So it all depends on who you are and, and what your passion is.
0: So do you, do you think that, do you th- in so many words, are you saying that there's no excuse not to do something because there, it really can be just a mindset to taking that first step. Now you're saying literally like, if you like to, if you like to, um, I'm trying, if you like to shop, um, maybe you put ankle weights on, or maybe you do something that I'm I'm reaching there obviously a little bit, but but there's really no excuse. You can find uh, something. I love that, that answer because you're like, if you're a fly fisherman, do something a little bit different in your fly fishing during the day. Walk a little bit further to this, whatever it is. Right. There's things you can do that you can still find that love for.
1: I think that I think that's true. Yeah, like you you should just. I can't answer that for everybody. Like, because everyone has their own their own thing that they're that they love or that they're passionate about. And if, if you need to know what that is, you know, like for me, it was dance. Now it's martial arts. I I couldn't if I don't get to go train. I mean, it definitely affects my my mood, you know, and I feel so much better after I can go and hit some mitts and, you know, just, it's, it's totally different mentality. So yeah, finding your passion, finding what, what you love is, is very important.
0: Okay. So Matt, I want you to answer this. She's saying, find your love, find your passion. What, what is your mentality? What is with, what do you love to do? What is the reason in your opinion, with all of the success you've had in this, in this area? Why is America so obese? Why are we such an out of shape country? Why do you hear all the reports all the time of America's hit another plateau of obesity and out of shape people? They show that on the news, they don't show the faces, but they show the bodies walking down the street. You guys have seen those reports. I just saw one night before last. I know it's not an easy answer, but does it start with, is it laziness? Is it everybody's too busy chasing the American dream and they forget about their health and their wellness? because we're so equipped to go after that money. What would you say? Is, is, is there an answer to that or is there several?
2: You're famous for your loaded questions <laughs> and, that, and that's a loaded question. Uh, so yeah, first I wanna congratulate you, buddy, because I think this is the seventh time I'm on now, maybe? Yeah, seventh. And you've trained with me for how many years now? Since 05. Since 05 and uh, today, you called us Pendola Training, yeah. and it's, not Pandola Fitness. I'm getting it. Yeah. Is so, that right? Is yeah, that good? I want to thank you good. for that. Uh, you, you guys okay. listening, you don't know, every time after the podcast, like, hey, buddy, no big deal, but we are Pendola Training, not <laughs> Pandola Fitness. And I believe there's a Pendola Fitness somewhere in Italy, actually. And yeah, you said that. <laughs> so anyway, so thank you for that. But you also
0: have the Pendola Project, which is another confusing deal, because that's when I tell people to follow you on Instagram, i got to go Pendola Project. That's true. So it's, it's kind of, you know, I'm not the only one. <laughs> but I am getting smarter. I think yesterday's workout made me smarter. I really felt like a man.
1: No, that was like, I was going to actually compliment you on that workout yesterday. Well, thank you. I was telling that afterwards. I was like, that was, that was good. I hope you left there feeling oh my accomplished. God. Today
0: I woke up and I was like... I got up today and I had a cup of coffee and I'm like, I had every excuse not to go to the gym this morning because I knew I had to prepare for I just went to my dad's scholarship meeting to fund, to award the winner or pick the winner of my dad's 2019 Orville Building Memorial Scholarship. So I, I knew I had to go down there and do that before this, before this con- podcast. But I still, I said, I'm going. So I went and I did 1,700 steps and I told you I almost died. But I was doing, these Stairmaster workouts really pushed me to the point of of calorie burn and I feel like my, like I'm really trying to get my quadriceps and my jumping muscles as strong as I can because I feel like that's benefits me the most. in what I do is my core and my legs. So, um, coming off of yesterday's workout though and I woke up this morning man my biceps and my my lats and my traps and I just felt like a man like an athlete like I was doing movements that you that that I want that I want to do and it was just so cool like the variation now from where we went from last week and then we go in there yesterday and I'm doing these deadlifts and I hate deadlifts like you always hear in life and we talked about this with John is like you're gonna blow your back out, you're gonna do this. Man, I felt so strong doing those deadlifts in that style, that, that, that way that y'all were coaching them yesterday. And I was, I came out of there just be like, I told Les when I walked out, I'm like, dude, that was freaking badass. Yeah. Badass.
2: Yeah, and those particular deadlifts, we call them atomic deadlifts, but there's various ways that you can approach a deadlift. That's uh, maybe now the one I've fallen in love with the most. My My clients can pick it up right away. They can understand the movement, how to really push the ground away and then extend through their hips. And that's an easy way to understand the way that particular deadlift is set up. So, and that's getting to our videos. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's our intent in creating these videos. We do have a lot of movements that we feel like, um, I was looking at your poster, Sopranos, right? And it says on there, it's not, a, it's not TV, it's HBO, right, yeah. that's the slogan. And it kind of reminded me in my mind, like, there's a lot of training programs out there, and I'm not saying ours is the best one, but I, I do think that we've maybe taken an approach where we've taken a lot of time to figure out over many, many years now what really uh, does work the best, what gives you the best bang for your buck, what gives you the best reward with the lowest risk, those type of things, and, and that's that's what we're gearing towards and in, in making videos for people. So it's not just you know another video series being released, but it's something that we feel like would really work for you. Getting back to your question, though, because I know we've kind of I'm not going to let you off, you off that, that quick. Point. I'm not going to let you. I was going to go back to that anyway. question. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to forget about it. So it is a loaded question, but I I do credit you, Chad. That I, I think. When I listen back to some of the podcasts we've done, I think, man, Chad sometimes seems so random, but then I give you a lot of credit in that you really do ask questions that I feel like need to be answered. I feel like you come up with a lot of questions that the average person is thinking, and you're really good about bringing those things up, so we appreciate that. But getting back to that question about why is America obese, right? That's essentially what we're talking about. And I don't, is
0: that fair to say that we are, or is that? Now we is are.
2: Yeah, we are. Um, and people listening, that's not to be meant as uh, offensive. It's, it's just a statistic. It's just a number. It's just what we're looking at. We As a country, we're getting more and more obese. Uh, we're getting uh, fatter, right? And so we have now kids who have type 2 diabetes, where years ago there was no record of a, of a child with type 2 diabetes. Right now it's common. So we have to really look at what's happening there. And there's so many things, factors we have to look at. But I, I always try to look back at what it used to be like for us through evolution and how it is that we've adapted and through that evolution. Our bodies are really, really smart. We just had this conversation yesterday in our education station with with you, and we talked about how we have a very smart system, and our bodies are able to make adjustments as it needs to, and it's really good at doing that, but I do believe that most of the time people are forgetting that they aren't moving around the way that their ancestors did, and the reason why I say forgetting that is because you work hard, people out there listening, we know that we work hard and we know we have long days, and we're working more than ever. We have more stress than ever. we are responsible for more than ever, and all of these things through social media and through you know all of the various uh competitive um, you know jobs that we have out there that we have to make a career for ourselves and we have to fight for our positions in life. Right. And that's all a lot of work. And so we create our habits around that sort of success so we can feed our families and we can provide. We're getting back to the fact that we have to provide for ourselves and our families. And we are still providers. We're just doing it in a different way now. So we've created really good habits to be able to provide whatever that is, whatever that person's doing. I don't care what you're doing for your career. You're doing something to provide for yourself and your family. And you deserve a lot of credit for being that person who does that. But like Aaron mentioned earlier, you know, at some point you have to give back to yourself a little bit and you have to start to look at what makes you happy because you asked the question about what we can do in order to stick to our goals. And I think that you have to look at industriousness, enthusiasm, but we'll stick with enthusiasm here as a goal. Chronic enthusiasm, right? Enjoy what you're doing and you'll probably do it more, right? So that's that's where I think a lot of people fail is because they think that they have to go to the gym, or they think that they have to do uh, things the way that somebody else did it, maybe the way that Aaron's doing it, or the way that I do it, or the way that you do it. And that's not the case. You You find your passion, what you enjoy, you find your why. And again, we've talked about that a lot. And you find your enthusiasm for that, and then you create habits, so it's chronic. And that chronic effect will make change. But ultimately, when we talk about calories in versus calories out. And the fact that we're clearly getting in a surplus of calories that we can't expend, that we can't use. And we have those habits that we need to change. And then we also have to create habits where we have to get out the door and at least go for a walk every morning, like Aaron mentioned before, or maybe for somebody else hitting mitts, but we have to make that chronic. So we start to make that lifestyle. And I think all of that starts to feel really overwhelming for people. And so, you know, it comes down to me about finding your why and then creating your plan. So, for instance, I'll give an example. Erin has a vision board. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. Yeah, on the vision board is my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Your butt? Yeah. Naked? She just wants her butt to look like mine so bad. And (laughs) every day she gets up and she looks at that vision board and she... You know, pictures of butt looking like mine one day and she's, I'm kidding, of course. But. <laughs> so you, I, I get that you're kidding, but I was going to go into that in
0: a minute as far as I love that, you know, the chronic word that being used and in chronic enthusiasm, but am I an asshole or am I wrong to when I'm driving? I was driving yesterday with my daughter, taking her to volleyball and we pulled in to get her a Gatorade, which they have zero-calorie Gatorade now, which tastes really good, which I don't know about the health benefits of no sugar, whatever. I'm not getting into that. But I saw this lady getting into her car, and it took her like eight minutes. And the reason I know that is because when we got there, I didn't jump out of the truck because we had some time. And I, what we've, we've got this deal of playing these thinking card games to get her cognitive thinking going. And so we're playing these card games, and I'm watching this lady, and I'm like, that can't be fun. That can't be what you want. Right. There's no way that you are going to go through life. because And she's, she's probably my age. She's 43, 44, somewhere in there. And I'm thinking, like, am I a dick for thinking this way about watching this lady do what she's doing while I'm sitting here with my eight-year-old daughter? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, is that the right mindset to have as a person? I'm not going to go and, like, and say something to her and be, like, mean to her. I'm not saying that at all. I have compassion for, but I'm thinking of just living our lives like I know my dad died at 54. You get you hear these people that get diagnosed with diseases where they have to accept the fact that life is not going to be with them. They're not going to be here much longer. And I just, if I ever got that message, I would want to be able to tell myself like I did it the way I wanted to do it. I felt great doing it, and maybe they are. I'm simply asking, are you like? Is that really the way you want to do? And by the time you get to that point. There's no, the chance of finding that chronic enthusiasm, I think the odds go way down. So it's almost like you got to nip it in the butt. Like now, like now, I don't care if you're 20 pounds overweight or 50 pounds overweight, that's still doable. You get upwards of, you know, you hear these success stories of two, 300 pounds lost. Some people have the ba- the gastro bypass surgery. Um, a lot of them gain it back. I just found myself looking at this woman yesterday going, that can't be fun. And then i'm like am i wrong to think that way am i is my psyche messed up because i'm not being condescending and i'm not thinking i'm better than her anyways i'm just simply saying how you said it is it the way you want to feel and if you got to sit down with her would she say no man i'm happy as heck and, and maybe she is but it just seems to me like that part of tying your shoes and putting pants on and getting in a car seat or getting out i didn't even get to see her get out of a car that's probably a real
2: hard thing to do, right? So I don't know. Do you do you find yourself doing that ever? Yeah, you nailed it. And Aaron mentioned it already too. I think we have compassion when we see this with people. It's not we're not criticizing. If if Aaron and I see somebody who's struggling with their weight, it's not like we look at them and criticize them and say, "Oh my gosh, look at you. You look terrible." It's not that. We're just we feel like they don't even realize at that point. Sometimes, even if they th- say, "Yeah, I'm happy. I'm I'm happy with this. With this weight," uh, that's I, we don't buy into that. It, but they don't really realize what it would feel like to be healthy.
1: Yeah, if you've never felt yeah, if you've never felt healthy or strong or able to do all these things, you don't have anything to compare it to. So you just kind of get complacent. I believe. I and mean, I'm speaking for other people in that case, but yeah, I think it'd be pretty easy to get complacent and yeah think okay this is how i'm supposed to be this is my life i'm i'm just you don't even really give much thought to it
2: It just well you hear you hear what you said
0: yeah you heard what you said athletics become before aesthetics well what if you didn't weren't an athlete growing up what if you didn't get involved what if your parents didn't get you introduced to a team sport or an individual sport or some gymnastics or something so now you get into your mid-20s your 30s you're out of college yeah it's much harder and you still never had that start. That's kind of where I'm going with it is that I think our mentality is wired to where let's take Joey. We always talk about Joey, but like Joey's been in insane shape at one, you know, many points in his life in his boxing career to where he was probably four to 5% body fat when he got in the ring, or at least when he weighed in Yeah. to this day, Joey's mentality. And even though, you know, he goes through stresses with everyday life and we get it and we don't need to get into that. But he still doesn't have the mentality to get that far out of shape ever. He did it one time, he got a little bit more out of shape than he ever had been. I remember. And he said he felt terrible.
2: That was more of a, yeah, that issue that he had then was also something he had to deal with his endocrine system. And it came from a lot of shots to the head and uh, dealt with something called your, uh, your vagus nerve. And, uh, he had to have an endocrinologist, um, you know, sort of interject and start to give him some advice there based off of blood markers, et cetera. But that's an extreme case. And if you're not getting knocked in the head for a living, you probably don't have to worry about those kind of things. That's a very small percentage. And, but to give Joey that credit again is he didn't give up. He, he spent a good couple years resetting his system and getting healthy again um, from that professional boxing career where he did take a lot of damage.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that I I think the way he's wired is that he, he's not going to let himself get out of shape. Now it might be a small percentage of our population that has that wiring system. There might be a majority of our population that is in that of, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to work out. I don't know where to start. I don't even know, I don't even know if I could do a jumping jack or if, I, if I'd be awkward or if I have the, the balance. You know, there's a lot that goes into getting started because the way I'm looking at it is like the first thing that you want to do when you're not good at something is quit. That's the first thing. People usually aren't like, I'm going to do it until I get it. If you feel off balance in a movement, like in a yoga movement, I tell myself, I just won't do yoga. When I really should be like, I want to conquer this. And now I'm really trying to work on different things and poses and holding and systematic breathing and all that. And it's almost like, man, I would do anything to have this kind of coaching back when I was 15 because I'd be worth millions now after an unbelievable baseball career. There's so much head start in knowing what, what can really come out of that kind of training, not fitness, training, lifestyle, all of that stuff. So wonder if they just don't have the knowledge. I wonder if they don't have the, the um for the, but what about the support system? That, that's where I want to go with this is what about somebody to help them get there? Do they not have that? Are they all just living on their own to where they don't have anybody going hey man, I think it's this would be a good idea or is that a hard thing to do to a loved one or a buddy like hey, I think you're getting you know maybe it's time to get in the gym let's go work out together you know maybe we should be thinking about are they do they have the right mentorship in their life or are we just so damn lucky to be have what we have that we know that we can go in the gym and, and stay dedicated to it. And there's also the mentality. Matt and Aaron is like, I don't give a shit. I'm fine with being fat. I'm fine. That's fine. And good, good on you. But I still don't think that they have felt what it feels like to really feel like we did coming out of the gym yesterday or feel like Les does at 78 telling the story that his cardiologist took him off of blood pressure medicine and one of his heart medicines. That's Amazing. usually the exact opposite.
2: Yeah.
0: I just don't know i don't know where that mentality is to stay down that course after seeing that lady yesterday and being like i, I got to make a change there's got to be a better way i just don't know how you guys look at it um, as far as the profession you're in it seems like it'd be a gold mine for you guys but that's not how you look at it because i know you don't chase the dollar but it seems to me like training would be a very good business to be in if we have not Don't you you know what I'm saying? I do. You seem like your clients would be unlimited, but nobody's signing up for I mean, not everybody's signing up for it.
1: That's part of what we're saying, that having that commitment to stick to something, especially if it's you don't have your why. You know, if you're saying like, Well this is how I've been all my life, this is just who I am, so whatever. But people are telling me I need to get in shape, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go get a trainer and I'm gonna get in shape and I'm gonna lose all this weight. And that might last for a while, but it's probably not gonna be a long term habit if you don't truly believe in yourself that you're doing this for the right reason, you know, and it is hard. And we don't focus on the, the weight loss clients per se, because honestly that's not what we're the most interested in to tell you the truth. You know, it's not about losing weight. It's about a better lifestyle and making you stronger and healthier. So if you get some weight loss out of that, that's fantastic. But if you feel better, you move better, you can go run around the park with your kids. I mean, I have people say that all the time. Like, was that a silly goal? Like, I just want to be able to keep up with my kids. Like, are you kidding me? That's a perfect goal. If you cannot run across the park with your child and, and you know, go up the slide or whatever you're doing, then then what's the point? You know?
2: Can I just real quick? I feel like people listening to this, a lot of times we start talking about, with the word athletics or athlete, and then say, okay, I'm tuning out. I'm not an athlete, so this isn't for me. There's a guy yesterday, he's, uh, he kind of neighbors us with um, a, a facility he rents out right next to us. He has a cleaning uh, facility there. And <clears throat> he was talking to me about the fact that he was in jiu jitsu and he actually had a lot of injuries come out of that, and so he stopped doing that, and he focused on his business, and you know, now his business is really successful. But he said, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s, and I feel awful. You know, I, I'm always in pain. i got to get myself out of pain. And he was asking me some advice, and I was happy to give it to him. And then he said, uh, geez, you know, I wish that you worked with people like me. And I said, I do. And he said, no, I, well, I thought you just trained athletes. And I said, I do. Right. And and so I really believe that people have to oh, see cool. themselves, right? If you the word functional, you might as well say, as well say athletic to me. We just we want it we could replace that word athletic with functional. And I think that's a term that's really misused a lot of times. So you see somebody that's doing something quote unquote functional. And again, this is a problem I have with a lot of social media and things like this, and they're doing These kind of circus act type of drills and calling it functional training and yet they have no idea how the glute is interacting with the hamstring in that drill if you ask them so the the word functional is abused but what we want to look at is if I have an elderly person who has blown out his knee three times has had two heart attacks and has had a concussion um, also had surgery on his supraspinatus Right? And then you look at what it is that we can do to get that person moving better again. In the beginning, it's very, it's it's very uh, basic. It's very general purpose type of stuff, and eventually you get more and more specific, and you get more quote unquote athletic or functional, however term you want to use. And that person is Les Nesbitt who you we're just talking about, and we we talk about him so much on this podcast, but it's for a good reason. I think that. He's probably my best example ever. And I have athletes that have made it to the very highest levels, but Les probably is still my number one client. He also happens to be the first client I ever trained. And at 60 years old, he made that commitment then to change his life. 78 years old now, off medications. Unbelievable. I cannot take credit for any of that though, nor would Aaron Aaron also trains him obviously. We can't tra- take any credit for that. He did all of the work. Ultimately, he decided to change some habits. And he decided that even though you would ask him at 60, do you really need all this? And I'm sure at the time, he would have just called it ballerina bullshit. That's what he called it to me in the beginning. But to get functional, to, to, to get to that point where he could get out there and move well again and not being, be in pain that took a lot of quote unquote functional or athletic training. So you have somebody who is getting older, has not taken care of themselves. Those aches and pains are getting worse. They move less and less. Their steps get shorter and shorter. They hinge over more and more. Their shoulders roll forward more and more. And it just compounds on itself to the point where they just don't move hardly at all anymore. And that's when they age very quickly. So people really have to realize that it's about getting out there and moving well again. That's what being athletic is. And what I say is that you train like an athlete, right? You're going to move better. You're going to feel better. The athletics are what's important. The aesthetics follow.
0: I think, yeah, that's one of the coolest things I think I've ever heard you say, Matt, that whole three minute deal you just laid down and. Talk to me about another athlete that you train. Um, he's actually going to be in the studio tomorrow. Stoker. Um, the, yeah, he's going to do the podcast tomorrow. And the reason that I'm having him on is because I envy, I don't envy him, but I respect the way he lives life to where he's educated. He had was a dentist for 35 years. He eats what he wants. He drinks what he wants. He doesn't abuse anything. He travels the world. He has a sailboat. He goes to the lake. He swims. He plays tennis. He has an unbelievable romantic relationship with his wife where they still at 68 years old are still best friends. Like that's some shit that you're like, that's the American dream. So tomorrow's podcast is about the American dream and what it takes to get there and how much he parlays his training into that. Like yesterday Stokes, a busy guy, even in his retirement, I'm busy. And he found time yesterday of taking my question that I asked during the, the education station about grounding and rooting and all that. And then he wanted to talk about it more after class about how it goes into his golf game and into his tennis game. And like, he goes, man, when you were talking, I was thinking like, yeah, man, you want to be light on your feet, but you also have to be well rooted and, 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 athletic. And I was telling you about the kid I was given the hitting lesson to, but the reason I'm talking about Stoke is that really he, you look at Stoke and you're like, man, he's, he's 55 years old, you know, and you, you know, He's 68, 69, which is not like some spring chicken anymore. You know, you're going into your 70s, which I'm not saying that's old by any means, but the way he moves, I watched him jump rope last Thursday and I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? You can't do that at 70 years old almost unless you commit to it like you're talking about Les did. And I'm just wondering, like, was he wired from the beginning to be an entrepreneur and open up his own dental that he just sold? his own, his own dental, uh, practice. He was educated. I can't remember where he got his degree, but he's, he's done it. He's always been that self-starter. I think how does that work with a guy like you and a girl like you? Do you have overweight
2: people in your family? Yeah. So in my family, everybody's overweight. Okay. So before you go on, do you?
1: No, i not.
0: No. N- not so much. No. Well, Stoke has told me that he does on some different levels. Um, do you go... Does, does he go up to him and say, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm 70 years old. Do you go up to him and do you have that conversation with him, Matt? You have overweight people and I don't know who they are. But do you, being your mentality... I know you're not going to go up to him and say, You better do this or you're going to die. Or "You, if I can do it, you can do it. That's easy to say. But do you ever just sit down with him? Because when Stoke sits down with me and he starts talking, that's why... We don't see eye to eye on politics. We don't see eye to eye on a lot of shit, but I see eye to eye on life with him. So that's why I just find this mutual respect for him. And when he starts talking, I'm like, that's the kind of person that I would want to come up to me and go, look, at 70 years old, I'm going to Paris and drinking the finest wines in the world. Not that I have all the money in the world, but I'm healthy enough to do that. And I feel great all the time. I'm playing tennis, I'm swimming, I'm coaching. I mean, I'm, I'm skiing and everything. But he he has people in his family that battle it. You have people in your family that battle it. I've had people in my family that battle it. And to this day, I don't know if I've ever really gone up to him and go, Hey man, let's talk. Let's, let's, let's go get, let's go get active together. And I don't know if that's like a responsibility that I should take on. If Stokes taking it on, I'm going to ask him tomorrow, but I want to be at 70 years old doing what these freaking guys are doing. And and then you bring less into the equation. Like that's, that's amazing to me. Like 78, but maybe, maybe that's just normal. Maybe every 78 year old man's hitting a heavy bag at seven o'clock in the morning like he is. They're not, it's not happening. So you gotta get started somehow. But I'm wondering, like, do you ever just go up to your family and say, hey, look, can we talk? Or do they ever come to you and say, hey, get me started?
2: Yeah, and actually I do have to say, in case some of my family members may listen to this stuff at some point, I want to say, if you look at our family tree, we're mostly overweight. Um, there are outliers in my family my older sister is not overweight and, um, she definitely has gotten advice from me in the past. My uncle Frankie, he inspired me to run when I was younger and, um, my, uh, uncle Patsy. So there, there are a few people there that were examples for me when I was younger. So I have to, I have to say that for sure. But, um, in my family anyways, I, have given a lot of advice and quite honestly, when I gave advice about how to create better core strength for uh, movement to my aunt Joanne, she followed that advice. She did the things that we talked about. She really got passionate about uh, yoga and that's her, that's her thing. And she's done really, really well with that. So um, there are definitely some areas where I've been able to, to help, my family out. But for the most part, when I talk to people in my family that want to have that advice that they think is going to be life changing for them, it's not. And ultimately, it's not because I will, first of all, I do wish that Pandola training was maybe closer to my family. Um, You know, I literally live across the country from them. So it's hard in that sense, because they don't have that accountability from me sometimes you get yourself a trainer that does keep you accountable and helps you through that process and helps you to create those habits and gives you a more specific uh, road to follow where you don't follow um the wrong path right or you don't get off the wrong exit so to speak with a trainer who can guide you or a professional who can guide you so In that sense, uh, I wish I was closer to them so I could help out more. But in general, it just comes down to my aunt. She really wanted to make some of those changes for herself, and so she did because her why was strong. She was able to create some better habits for herself, and that's what she really wanted to do. But I can't give that discipline. I can't give those habits to my family members who are still struggling and until they're really able to answer their why and commit to that, um, they're not going to see those kind of changes. And that's where even within my own family, um, I have to admit, I say a lot of times I can't take credit for so-and-so. And, and that's a perfect example as to why, because if it was just good advice, if it was just a magic pill, or if it was just, um, an exercise that just did it all, then I'd be able to, you know, get those changes out to more people, but that's not how it works.
0: I think that, I think that it's too easy for us to be the other direction of it's. you've always heard the words fat and happy. Okay. So my dad battled, you know, fluctuating weight. He'd go up, then he'd see a nutritionist. He'd start working out. He'd come down, and then he'd go back up. He'd start eating desserts again. He'd go back, and the fluctuation. I don't think it was healthy. I think he died at 54 of a heart attack. I'm not saying that it was caused by obesity. There was other lying matters, and there's, you know, especially genetics. I want to be able to fight genetics, okay? Genetics play a big role in, 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 in how long we live, especially, but in, in how we all, and also how we're built and in, in what our muscle makeup is, what our, what our body makeup is, I just think of it like, if we're sitting here saying that if you're overweight, there's no way you can be comfortable, is that just an assumption Or is it true? I want to know, can you be 350 or 400 pounds or 290 pounds in a small stature and be comfortable and be healthy and be happy? Because if you sit there and go, hey, that's good for you. If you're happy, I'm not saying that you're not. I could give a flying rat's ass if you're happy. I'm saying, are you comfortable? Do you feel good? You can still be happy and still be in pain, you know, to a certain extent. I'm not sitting here saying that everybody needs to look like you two, or even look like me, for that matter. I'm saying the exact opposite is always said. We, if you are fat, we're going to fight for you to make sure that you're accepted more. It's okay to be that way. That's fine. But aren't we sending a, like the other night on the ACM awards, they had uh, an actress who's an overweight, uh, a heavy actress that came out and sang a song. And they had all these country female singers come out and surround her and like give their, you know, pay their respect to her for being able to come out and do that as a heavy woman. And I'm like, that's cool that she's a heavy woman, but deep down when she gets out of her car or puts on her pants or her shoes there's no freaking way that she likes it and now if people write into me and say you're an asshole for saying that I don't care I'm just asking a question is it really okay to send that message oh we accept you it's good you can you can have every acting gig that you want you can come on stage and sing you're accepted of course you're accepted we're not going to look down at you as a human being But is that sending a mixed message to her that now she can just stay there and be like, hey, I'm accepted. I'm going to stay like this. It still doesn't help her health, her well-being, her psyche, her comfort level. I don't know. Maybe I am an asshole for assuming that maybe she's not happy and maybe she does feel good when she gets in and out of her car. I I would bet money on it that there's no way you could though not just using her as an example. I don't even know her name. I would never pick on her. I don't want to be somebody that picks on somebody for the way they look. That's called bullying and that's wrong. I'm simply saying, is it a mixed message? Yes, you can have everything that this girl that takes care of herself and stays in extreme shape and really, maybe she is, has vanity and maybe, but she's still doing, working her ass off to stay in shape like she is. And at the same time, we're telling you that you can have everything she has, which you can, but it's not helping her feel better and stay healthy? Or can you live a long life being obese? Or is it harder to all that fat buildup around your heart and your joints, the way you feel your knees, there's no way you're comfortable?
2: Yeah, I want to definitely hear Aaron's thoughts on this, especially from a woman's perspective. But I feel like it's gone from one extreme to the other. You know, when we were younger, you would see these supermodels just rail rail thin had eating disorders and they literally look like a hanger, right? And that was kind of the idea as you, you walk out on that runway and it looks like the clothes are on a hanger on top of a pretty face. And that was coveted, right? And then over time, maybe the idea of being a little bit more fit, having more muscle on you was a little bit um, more pleasing to the eye. And, and now uh, people who have a little bit better composition muscle-wise, that's a little bit more coveted. But then it got to the point where, okay, I'm going to celebrate the fact that I can be overweight, a plus size person. I don't need to fit into these size, whatever jeans. And I look beautiful and I, and, and I'm happy. And there's a certain part of that that I agree with. You should be happy with yourself. You should, you should be able to look in the mirror and, and love yourself and be happy with who you are. And even if you don't look quote unquote, you know, You don't need to look perfect by any means. I know I don't. I know, you know, maybe I feel like Erin does in my mind, but she probably never feels like she does. None of us are really going for that. Our theme that we've been talking about today is about the health part of it. And I can't agree that when you're overweight, that that is a place where you can really be healthy. So I, I don't want people to... Of course, you can be happy, but if you 've never really been in a good optimal health zone within your own body, how do you know what you 're missing out on and I think that 's what we keep coming back to is you 're missing out on a lot of the benefits in life from feeling that much better about not only yourself but just about your life and the world you live in when you are um, healthier and I, I think that that 's the point we want to drive home here. We, we, it's it, some people with their body types, they're going to have, uh, you know, a larger pair of jeans that they fit into, but they're healthy and that's different. That's different than when you're just simply overweight. So that was kind of an,
0: uh, I wasn't trying to sound mean when I was saying, but the way you said it sounded a lot nicer, which was your, you articulated a lot better than I did. I just want to make sure that people understand that I'm trying to say the same thing. But I don't understand why we would ever want to take a chance of sending a mixed message when it's their health we're talking about. That's where I was going with it is we're here to support you. Stay big. Stay overweight. Stay. But what about when she, when she's by herself? Because we spend a lot of time by ourselves. Those girls that were singing with her up on stage aren't going to be there tomorrow morning when she wakes up. Is it the same mentality? She's still going to feel motivated? Or maybe seeing them and they're in shape, maybe that'll motivate her to go out and do it. I'm just simply saying like, I'm not saying take her out of her success because she's overweight. I'm not saying that by any means. She deserves everything she gets. She has a beautiful voice. She's talented as hell. But I just am saying, is it a mixed message? You're a sweetheart, Aaron. Am I being an asshole by having that mentality?
1: I don't think you're being an asshole, no. Um, But it just brought something to mind when I was listening to you guys. And my daughter, our daughter, who's seven... Um, you know, she, she obviously picks up on conversations that we have and and she knows, you know, she's in in our world. She's in the health and fitness world. You know, she does martial arts, she horseback rides, she swims, she does all these things. And she had made a comment about somebody being overweight, not a negative thing, but on that line of saying, like, Mommy, I don't, I don't think that person feels good. And I tried to tell her, you know, that's that's right. If you look at it from that perspective of... Who cares what the weight is, what the number on the scale is? It can go the other way too. You see someone that is obviously not eating enough. They can't feel good either. You see someone who's smoking cigarettes. They can't feel good either. You see someone that drinks a lot. They don't feel good either. So it goes across the whole spectrum, not just specifically talking about somebody that's overweight. You can be underweight or you could look like the most healthy person, but if you're telling me smoke a pack of cigarettes every day and you go out and drink 12 beers on the weekends, I would stay on the same thing. You you can't feel good doing that. You might look, you might say you feel good and you're happy, but I don't think you do. So, take it away from the whole the whole weight, just the issue of being overweight. I think that can work for for point. any number of things. You know, it's a
0: great point. But I think that the overweight part of it is probably the most noticeable yes. in our culture. Yeah.
1: Well, that's yeah. visual. That's you look at it's somebody, you can see like, oh, well, that person is overweight, and I mean, that's not that hard to to point out. But um, I w- would. I don't know, you could ask that person in an anonymous, you know, survey, do you really feel good? Their answer would probably be no, but maybe they say that to other people because that's what people want to hear.
0: Personally, when you meet somebody, when you go into a, a business meeting or in all of your travels, and, and I don't, maybe you guys don't run into people that are overweight as much, you know, like in your competitions and stuff and the things that you're involved in, you probably don't, there's probably not a lot of that going on, but I've heard people say, and I've even said it to myself, like I have a harder time finding a respect level off the bat or taking somebody serious off the bat if they, if I don't think they take care of themselves the right way. And again, here I go down this rabbit hole of Belding's an asshole, but I'm just being completely transparent. When I go, when I see Rick Reveglio, and I've always talked about Rick, it's like we always go back to these same people because they mean a lot to me. I talked to Rick this morning. I'm meeting with him on Monday because I have to run an idea by him for my dad's scholarship. You see Rick's mentality, he's got a CEO mentality. He's running a multi, multi, multi million dollar business and he works his ass off in the gym. He stays healthy, he eats right, he follows protocol, he has a routine. I feel like most of the successful people that I run with or see have kind of that same outlook and that same mentality to take care of themselves first, take care of their business. And, of course, they get busy and stressed, but that means that they're going to go back and find that time to, to, to put back into their body. Rick is, Up every morning at 4 a.m he goes to bed at 9 10 whatever he has a very structured routine i'm not saying that you have to be that. i can't even do what rick does i'm not saying like i'm close to rick i'm just saying i look at that and i'm like you're crazy on the other end of the spectrum you're crazy on the other end both of you are crazy on the, the the fitness deal as much time as you guys put into it but i find myself almost not being able to like get absorbed into somebody and being able to like just sink into a conversation it almost sounds freaking shallow as I say it. It's like I am a shallow son of a bitch. By the way that I look at people, because I feel like I could take you way more serious because I know how. I'm talking about first appearance. Yeah, is, is that and, wrong to say? I mean, am I, do you ever do you ever find yourself thinking that way?
2: Yeah, no, I do want to say one thing though. I know what you're saying, but I want to correct you on something. You you mentioned with Aaron and I about this is our career this is our life this is what we do but people have the misconception that that we train a ridiculous amount of hours to have our aesthetics or to have our fitness it's a goal of mine to train as little as possible to be as fit as possible and I am serious about that goal and it's the same with supplements when I was younger I took more supplements even even up until you know more recently where I made the commitment that I don't want to be on uh, supplements to, to attain the goals I want to attain. I want to prove to myself and to others that you can do it all naturally and you don't have to uh, work towards goals at 20 hours a week like a professional athlete to look that way it takes a certain amount of structure discipline it it takes the science behind training which again uh, we'll talk about that for our videos but I I remember a buddy of mine he and his um, his wife were looking at a picture of myself and and Aaron and it just happened to be a picture where we were at the beach so you know Aaron had her bikini on and and I had my shirt off and and uh, they commented that well, it would be great to look that way, but we don't want to live in the gym either. And we don't. That's the thing. You know, The hours that we put in are purposeful. The time we put in is purposeful, and it's consistent. But it's not a ridiculous amount of hours that we put in a week. And if I, I feel like I'd almost do a disservice to my clients if I train twice the hours that I had them training, but yet they think they can get to where I'm at. I want them to be able to get... You know, maybe not to where we're at. If that's their goal, they certainly can. But I want them to realize that it's very attainable. And if I'm doing more than they are, then that's not really uh, fair to them to think, okay, I can get that towards that goal, not realizing I do 20 hours a week to do that. So um, I purposely limit my time on that. But also because I have, and Aaron has a business and a career, and we have to focus on that a lot more hours than we did when we were younger so we had to get smarter about how we train about how what our nutrition is like about how we recover all of those things so that we can have a successful business and put enough time into that so i just wanted to make that point because we are not those people who live in the gym you know uh exercising and training all day
0: yeah and i and and i i appreciate you saying that what i was going with it is that you guys are more disciplined than most is where I was going with the mentality is that you don't. I'm more opt or more apt to go have a couple cocktails on a Friday night and it, it, within my lifestyle than you are. Even though you could, you could make that a part of your routine too. Rick could too. Rick's in the entertainment business when he's talking about all of his client clients and things. So there is. You guys are on a different level of discipline. I a lot of times wish that I did. I'm envy of that kind of discipline because I'm like. I wonder if I could go have fun without getting buzzed. I wonder if I could go and be and do what I do in my environment at duck camp without having four or five cold beers around the fire. And I wonder if I could, I just never test myself, which I probably should, don't know, but I don't abuse it. I don't I don't get to that point where I abuse it. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the way that you put it. It's, you're not overtraining. You're not living in the gym, but you are very, very disciplined with your lifestyle compared to most. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah. I mean, the one area that I will say I am upfront with my clients about this, you know, this, the area that I'm most disciplined in is my nutrition. Yeah. And that allows me to have, you know, the abs does end.
0: that wear you out ever Aaron does it like husband and wife do you ever just want to slap him in the kitchen and say eat your freaking soup I've heard like <laughs> is, is it does it get to that point does
1: no it, we we've had our struggles um when we were first married because yeah like you said you know my family's Italian and they love, my dad loves to bake. He bakes bread, he makes pasta. And, you know, we, we've definitely gone back and forth in in our early years of marriages. Like, I could not understand, like, just eat it. They made this for you. Like, that's so rude, you know, just eat it. <laughs> but, and I, it never was like a judgment thing on his part to me, but, you know, again, being newlyweds and thinking like, oh my gosh, he's looking at me eat this. And you know, and he's thinking like, she shouldn't be doing that and this and that, but not anymore. You know, he it's it's not like that at all we've come to you know know each other better and understand each other better and I'm fine you know the other night we were talking and <laughs> I go and grab the what was it the mangoes like these dried mangoes and I'm eating and he's just laughing at me. he's like Aaron I know you're not even hungry right now why are you eating that you know but I just laugh and I eat my my stuff and it's fine you know it's no no judgment we're, we're past that you so know?
0: so is that that goes right into the question I asked when you wanted to say that you said Matt Do you ever find yourself like looking at somebody in the way that they take care of themselves and not being able to like commit to the conversation, to the negotiation, to the meeting? You don't take them serious enough. I'm not trying to sound shallow. I'm just trying to be transparent in how my brain works sometimes of like, man, I don't know if I, and and here's where I want to, I want to preface that with this. You guys could look at a guy built like me and maybe have the same kind of mentality like, oh, he doesn't look at me. And I know that you don't. I'm not sitting here saying it by any stretch of the imagination that I am a physical being or anything, but I do feel good. I feel like I can jump high right now. I feel like I could throw a football over that mountain. I, could do, I feel like I could go out and, and really be a better version than I was last year at this time. That's all I'm simply saying is that I'm not saying that you have to be looking like you guys do in your bikini picture and have somebody say, I don't want to live in the gym. I don't want to either because life's bigger than that. And you guys already know that.
1: Well, I think you gravitate towards the people that you have the most things in common with. So if you look at someone, you can't fully invest in them. It's because you don't think that they have the same mentality that you do. You know, it just happens to be that that's your thought of like, well, if someone looks like that or or feels like that, that's not how I am. So I don't think we really have that much in common. So I can't really put as much time into, into our relationship because... It's not going to go anywhere okay
0: so what about somebody that you do have a bunch in common with but they went to the other end of the spectrum and gained a bunch of weight after high school and then here's here's aaron over here in in unbelievable shape at 35 you get to your 20 year reunion and you see those friends
1: i have i mean
0: how do you feel i don't want to
1: again this this gets tricky because i'm not trying to offend anybody but i do have friends to this day that what you just said you know may have looked one way 15 years ago they certainly don't look that way now I still love them just the same because they're still the same person, you know? So I guess there does have to be some separation in the fact that I just chose a different path and they, and they respect that on that same end, you know, they never make me feel guilty. They're never like, Oh, they, they don't say anything to me that, that disparages, you know, Matt would go through that too. when he was in his younger years of being skinny. He's like, why can someone tell me, gosh, you're so skinny, but you can't tell someone, wow, you guys, you really gained some weight. You know, it's such a different thing, but I don't know why, that's that's what you. are But try do you ever that. look at your
0: girlfriend and say, hey, look, here's... I would never
1: say that to them, no, because they don't ask me. So that, <laughs> you know, that's, that was it, the whole question, yeah. is that
0: why don't, why don't we have the mentality because, to go up to them? Because they can't feel good. The whole point about this is but their But they health. know
1: they don't feel... Okay, so I guess that did answer your other question. At least the people... I'm saying the people that I know personally, I know they don't feel good the way that they are. But I cannot... You know, I can give advice and I can make suggestions, but... It's up to them to to be able to follow through with that. I
0: know you have a heart that is not going to, I know your, I know your temperament. I know your personality. I know that you're not going to disown somebody because of the way they look. I wasn't saying that at all. I was simply saying like, does it get to the point to where Stoker goes up to one of the people in his family and says, Hey, let's sit down. Or is it really none of our business? And we just, we just go on with life or is, are we doing them a disservice by not saying, Hey, this worked for me let's try to get it's like
1: telling my friend Jeff Jeff I love you he'll probably never listen to this but he he knows this because I would say this to his face he smokes like a chimney and you tell him you know that's bad for you he's gonna say well no shit it's bad for me but I don't care and I'm gonna do it anyway so I think it's the same thing as somebody that knows they're overweight they know they're mistreating their body so what good is it gonna be for me to say you know that's really bad for you right and you should really lose some weight they're gonna look at me and say well yeah I already know that but you know throw your hands up, like, okay, well, what do you want me to do about it? You know? So I think it all comes down to that person. If they're willing to make the change, then that's all that counts. And you need to have that.
2: Yeah. And I think it's also partially, Chad, your personality versus ours, right? That's a part of it too. We're sort of the type of people where, yeah, we own a gym and we know how to help people, but we have to wait for them to approach us. We've never gotten clients from, you know, selling an idea to them or by approaching people and saying, you really need to train with us because of this, this and this. When somebody is finally ready and they come to us and they say, I'm ready to do this. I want to make that change in part because of the culture that we have at the gym. You have mentioned several people in your podcast and even interviewing some of them that. Uh, are part of our culture. Those people influence other people, and maybe those people come in to see us, and that's usually how it happens through our culture. So by the time they come down, sit down, talk to us, there's no judgment. I don't select clients off of how they look, or even wh- how many injuries they may have, or what their past is. I I choose clients based off of their enthusiasm for what they want to do now and if i think that they're really willing to commit and ready to do it i don't want to waste my time Erin doesn't want to waste her time so sure there are those people that aren't ready yet and we can tell and come back to me when you are ready and um i do think that when it comes to approaching people and telling people hey you, you realize that you're not healthy right now that's that's I, I think sometimes has the opposite effect on them, and they'll just get defensive about it. In fact, Erin and I talk a lot about. I notice it a lot being her husband, where we'll walk, uh, you know, down the street together, and I notice other females that maybe um, don't have the aesthetic she does. We'll put it that way, where they give her these sort of glaring looks like she did something wrong. Well, of you course. Know? They Right, they're already but offended. It's bad,
0: but it's bad if she does it the opposite. Right, that's where I'm going with it. Is yeah, that it's okay for that.
1: Well, we talk about like you can't wear you know certain clothes even if you're fit because then people are like, oh, are you just trying to show off? You know, why are you wearing that? Like you need to cover yeah, up. I'm but if feel somebody, you're yeah, right. But if somebody the opposite end of that, you you can't say anything because that's offensive. So there is a little bit of that. You know, that sounds really conceited or i don't know i don't think i don't
0: think i don't think it does at all i think that it's exactly where i was going with this conversation is that you you take it to the next that even to to a bigger step is matt talked about childhood obesity and 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 diabetes that's not the kid's fault the kid doesn't have the mental aptitude to be like i'm not going to have a slurpee today i'm not going to eat hot lunch french bread pizza today i'm not going to i'm going to go home and play my ipad and my nintendo 60 whatever bullshit that is where i'm going with it is that that is happening that 's real life. Yeah. Why is it not okay to step in and say no, that's not acceptable. That is not what life is about of being that uncomfortable because that chances of that kid getting re- recovering from that and finding that mental aptitude as he gets into his teens and early twenties i don 't think that it's there yeah, but well, maybe maybe i 'm wrong
1: that's where it does become an issue for me as i 'll say that all the time. like the parent chooses to be that way that 's fine, but as soon as you see the child following that behavior that is a very, um, do
0: you think they're not going to? No, it's they almost, absolutely
1: will. That's, that's the part where it's like, gosh, you know, it's one thing for, yeah, for you to be okay with yourself living like this, but you can't tell me you want your child to live like that. You know, it's, that's the part that yes, where I do get angry with that situation. Cause like, you can't, you sh- how could you want to same, it'd be the
0: same with smoking or drinking too exactly, much or, or even cussing too much in front of your kid, whatever.
1: There's all kinds of bad behaviors that you should not lead by example
2: <laughs> this this reminds me of there was some sort of documentary came out not too long ago and it was about the fat gene and mm. it's like you don't have a choice if you have the fat gene you're just predisposed to being overweight and people in this my family that are mostly overweight that would be a, a perfect example of that if if we all have the genetics for this quote-unquote fat gene then why is it that my, you know, Uncle Patsy and, you know, my Aunt Joanne and my older sister and myself, why are we sort of like the four people, right? Amongst a hundred, but we're the four people in that gene pool that, that we're somehow able to not have that fat gene affect us, right? And I don't buy into any of that. And, and some people um, I think are looking for that reason. But a lot of times when you go like we went to my uh, our sorry, our daughter's um, recital recently. Right. And you look around the room and you look at the kids who are already overweight, even at seven years old, and they're already overweight. And you you see their parents and their parents are clearly overweight. And it's very easy for us to see that that comes from habits that comes from the fact that they are all on a poor nutrition plan. And sometimes I've actually had this issue with athletes that I train, where we're telling this athlete um, good choices to make for their nutrition. And we don't believe in diets at all, right? We believe that athletes eat and train. They don't diet and exercise. So we're just giving them better options to choose from. The athlete will now go home tell their parents, well, this is what coach says I need to start getting. And sometimes those parents actually get upset. And I think the reason why they get upset is because they don't want to believe that they have done something wrong here. They don't want to believe that they've given their kid the wrong food or foods all these years and they feel guilty about that. So they get upset and they get defensive but most of the time, what happens? I had uh, one of the parents jokingly tell me, um, "The Bingham's," and say, "Well, you know, we were kind of pissed at you at first because our kids started training with you, and then all of a sudden, we had to go to the grocery store and get all these foods that we didn't, we weren't used to eating, and you were changing, you know, our lifestyles, and we had to start cooking different dinners." But but they all did it together, and there's four of them, and. Uh, at the end of that period of time his sister ended up training with us as well and but Todd and Shirley the parents uh, they also started eating this way and by the end of about a four-year period when their kids were done training with us and moved on to college they were all eating healthier Todd was doing Spartan races Shirley was doing all sorts of different uh trail races you know they had just really gotten into the lifestyle and that was the positive effect from as we saw that we were we had a positive change on the entire family and that actually happens a lot now where um, parents tell me that you know this has helped us all out and we just didn't know and why didn't we know because we 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 were brought up that way to eat these foods and now we've learned differently now we feel that difference we do feel healthier we do feel better and that's just something that they had to learn and they just didn't know any better so I feel like uh, what Aaron was referring to is unfortunately kids learn uh, habits from uh, you know well I shouldn't say unfortunately but they learn habits from their parents their parents have learned those habits from their parents and people call it genetics right like this is just the fat gene. No, this is the habit gene is what this is.
0: Great point. So the kid's not gonna, if a kid has the opportunity to eat bad every day, more than likely a seven or eight year old is is gonna do that. That tastes good. I don't care if it's Lucky Charms or Cinnamon Toast Crunch or a Slurpee or a Hershey's bar or a Big Mac or Nuggets or the Happy Meal or whatever, you know, it's marketed to kids all of the things that i just named are things that i was brought up on eating and i'm never i'm never going to be the one that's going to say my daughter's never going to eat me I'm, i won't be that guy but they will choose to eat that stuff in every meal if they could it's the parents that have to step in there and go it, no it's not happening and start creating those choice, you know that that opportunity for those kids to start making better choices because if you go to a recital of mia's and mia's 7 or 8 7 She's a year younger than Alyssa. I saw the same thing in her volleyball camp. I walked in there and then I start looking back at at the table when they run up to their parents and I'm like, that's not, that's not cool to me. It's just not. And again, it's like, I, I do have compassion for it, but I also don't have a lot of patience for it because now it's affecting somebody that is looking up to you to guide them down that road. And I think they're being misguided. And I'm not saying there's not another argument of saying, no, they're not. They're happy. They're no, no. That's fine right now, but in, give it five more years and let's see where it goes if they keep going down that road. I think that there's, I, I, I get people are going to parent in every way and I'm not coming in here. So I would never say I'm the world's best parent. I'm not even close. I don't know if anybody is, but I would be damned if I was going to sit there and, and, and not say, hey, enough is enough. Let's, let's get some exercise in. Let's get some steps in. Let's, let's knock out the slurpee a day after school or whatever it is, because my daughter is a, she's a kid. She loves to have fun. Bryce Harper and Michael Jordan and, and Axel Rose and, and, and everybody that you see is in this limelight in the world. They were once kids that just ran around with dirt on their face and freaking were happy-go-lucky and, and had to have adults making decisions for them. Yeah. And now it's okay to go into a place and see these kids being misguided or, I, I, I don't want to say misparented because that would be wrong. That would be politically incorrect. But I'm saying if you're seeing that, and we don't step in and we don't say anything like, what the, what the, are you serious, dude? You're going to let him eat that McDonald's right now when he's freaking a hundred pounds overweight at 12 years old. I don't, that, is that mean to say, cause I see it all the time. No, I see it all the time. Yeah.
1: That's a tricky, that it is, uh, especially if you're part of the family, you know, if it's a family member and you, you, oh, don't have, 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 parenting, you have parenting, um, disagreements, uh, it's, it's pretty tricky. I don't, I try not to get involved and maybe that's something I should work on. But I mean, we, we, Matt and I talk about that all the time, you know, like you said, kids will be kids. I mean, Mia is good as she is and we try, I'm definitely more laid back, you know, and Matt will tell you that, but, um. There isn't a day that goes by that she's like, hey, mommy, can we get... She always you brought up Lucky Charms. She's never had Lucky Charms in her life, and she always wants them. And, you know, once a while we go on vacation, she'll get fruit Loops or something like that. But, yeah, left her own devices, she would eat the, the Lucky Charms every day, you know? So, yeah, it is our responsibility to try to create
0: good habits. But it's not our responsibility to step in and say something when we see it, or is it just an on, is it an ongoing process to where we just assuming that they might figure it out on their own someday or is it just okay is it okay that we have the fattest country in the world is it okay that all the studies show that we are an obese country is it okay that we're sitting here talking about diabetes in a seven-year-old childhood diabetes you say is an all-time high i don't have proof of that i'm going off of what you are saying that it is it's a lot higher today than it's ever been is it okay that we just keep going down that road because all you're really all you're all, all that I see is it's going the exact opposite. Is of, it's it has the chance to get worse now. It's easier to get on an iPad. It's easier to get content. It's easier for these kids to have a babysitter that's not active. The people are calling the iPad the new babysitter because a kid can sit there and be out of your hair for hours.
1: Yeah, well, that's all individual. I mean, no, that's not okay to me. You know, I, that's not how I choose to live my life or raise my child. But if it's okay for someone else, it's not. It's not under my control it's not or my power. It's, yeah. Again, I, I, again, that's a personal choice i think
2: yeah i feel like almost answering this with what's not okay you know to me what's not okay is that i can come off as extreme because i want my seven-year-old to enjoy the taste of an apple and think that that's sweet enough right versus those lucky charms and then people acting like i'm being extreme because i won't um allow my child to have sweets every day. That's not that's not the way it's supposed to be. And again, I think people take offense to that sort of thing because they are allowing their children to have sweets every day because they have it every day. And they don't want to change that lifestyle, or they don't understand the true impact of what those sweets are doing, right? And that, I mean, just sweets, it's not just sweets, it's fillers, it's all of the additives we take in, right? It's the corn syrup, it's all of that stuff. But what I do know is Mia does look forward to eating fruits and vegetables. She does think that apples are sweet. And that's kind of the gauge that I've always had. And there have been times where. Especially around the holidays like Christmas is always to me um, it's a great time around family it's a great time to celebrate but everywhere you go people are you know Christmas is uh, almost an excuse to just have like feeding frenzy A feeding frenzy right and everything involves sweets it seems like and that's a time when I do loosen up a little bit and you know, let my kid be a kid where she's going to all these different parties, and all the other kids are having you know these treats and so we loosen it up a little bit around the holidays, but then I notice, and this has happened in the last couple of years that uh come around January she is asking for those sweets more often, and she isn't asking for the apple as often. And that's when we that radar comes up and we say, OK, uh, honey, we, we have to we have to get back to what works for um, for our lifestyle. And so you're just going to have your sweets once a week. So is that what you want right now? Because that'll be your treat for this week. And some people think that's extreme, like once a week, she's a kid. She'll just burn it off. It's like Now, what I always uh, even talk to my seven year old about is honey, I know that you're young right now and you don't understand this, but you're creating habits. You can choose to create better habits. And that's the most
0: important message there is. It's not about saying that your kid can't eat. Chips ahoy once in a while, or, or lucky charms, Ch- lucky charms once in a while. It's not about science. it's about the habits that you're really getting into them. and I just want I know that I kind of went off on this deal because you guys do a, you guys live in this life every day of being able to supply this service to people. I don't, I don't want people to come off of this thinking like we're looking down on somebody. I want to make sure that they understand that because the science says that the average lifespan of Americans is going up. Females higher than male, but it's still like right there around 73 to 77 in there. Okay. The, the lifespan average continues to go up. So the science is saying that we over here, we're a fat country. We're an obese country. We live the fast food lifestyle. Supersize Me was that documentary they did, which I don't know if you've seen it, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah. The, the mentality of a fast food eater that eats it like that, which a lot of people do. But then over here, the science is saying that our 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 lifespans, our average lifespans are increasing. That proves our point to me. I'm saying that no matter if you're living longer, are you comfortable? Are you happy? Are you getting around the way that your body has the ability to get around without being in pain, without tearing muscles, ligaments, joints, everything that tendons, everything that goes into it? I just don't look at people and take them serious when I see that because I'm like, man, that can't be... That can't be good. That can't be a good way to live because when I can't button my pants, not just, not just mentally or vanity wise, I really feel bad. Like I don't approach my life the same way.
2: Better life through chemistry is not a better life. You know, you're talking about people living longer. Of course, science comes into that now, right? We can figure out ways to keep people around longer and we can give them prescriptions. Man, you're freaking smart
0: today, Matt. That's an, I'm
2: writing that one down too.
0: Well, it's kind of like in our training. (laughs) No, keep going, that was awesome, I like that.
2: No, and I just, I just finished with, I honestly, I don't wanna die at 65, I wanna live to 100 myself, I wanna see my kids' kids, and I wanna be around for as long as I can, but uh, quality is what it's about. I didn't even
0: think about how medicine is keeping people alive longer when when they- When they shouldn't be. When they shouldn't be alive,
2: it's true right and and that's in and unfortunately a lot of people who are living longer you know they're not enjoying their life the way they should so that quality of life is so low is that really worth it and obviously we all want to i think live to um, you know ripe old age but let's let's uh let's do it right and let's be able to enjoy ourselves at that ripe old age and that's the, that's the difference. And people say, oh, I'm going to drink now because I want to enjoy my life now. Like, okay, you can tell me all you want to, that that's enjoying life, but I don't buy it.
0: Well, we interrupted you, Aaron. That's why oh, we no, both looked just, at you.
1: <laughs> no, it's just the whole the quality versus quantity, you know. That, I think that works in a lot of um, areas. But, yeah, if you'd rather have more quality life versus a longer life that's not so great. You You seem like such this
0: like little, your little, your personality and your little voice and like your, all of your politically, like, I know, I know who you are and I know what you're, I know that you're being very fair and very honest in in today's talk, but it blows my mind that you can turn into somebody that can be so dedicated as far as like to, to the extreme that you are, to the extreme that you are, (laughs) look who's here, to the extreme that you are. Think about what you're doing. You turn it on. You have the ability to turn it on and turn it off. You don't go into jujitsu practice and training in your everyday mentality in life. If you guys can hear that, that's Joey Gilbert coming in hot for the next <laughs> podcast. He's just coming in here. He's got that, He's in a suit and tie, looking good right now. But Aaron, you're being you're very soft spoken and everything. So I'm reverting back to the beginning of our conversation uh-huh. now because this is very important to me. Okay. You don't look for clients. You don't have that mentality to go out there and sell yourself. You guys wait for them. And I love that. That's awesome. It's, it's people want it. They come to you guys to get it. You are now an MMA black belt jiu-jitsu. No
1: jiu-jitsu.
0: Not jiu-jitsu. <laughs> MMA black belt, which uh, one? Joey is now rubbing on Matt's pecs and his deltoids and shoulders. <laughs> Aaron, yes. you are now offering your vision and your expertise through you and Matt's training, yes. Pandola training, why why are you taking it a step further to get your message out and your mentality out and your findings and your teachings and your your view on training why would you take the time to offer this video series now and what am i going to get out of watching aaron pandola on an iphone or on on ipad if i can't be in that gym with the senses and the culture how are the, How is this video, why are you doing it, and how, why would it help anybody?
1: Well, Matt touched on it briefly um, that, you know, there is a lot out there. Just Google, Google training or, or athletic training, whatever you want to put on there, you're going to get thousands of results. But unfortunately, a lot of the results are not so great. So our goal, our mission is to, yeah, it's never going to be as good as in person. I get that. But we can at least give an idea of what we do, and you can follow – those videos on your own. So if you don't live in Reno or you don't have the time or you, the financial, you know, issues, whatever it is that you cannot come and train with us, you can still get our vision and understand what we're trying to teach through these videos. So it's just an idea to, to be able to reach more people to get a bigger audience so that we can share what we know and try to help as many people as we can essentially.
0: And, and as a woman in business and being, and being, with Matt and doing what you guys are doing, when do you tell yourself that you're qualified to do this? Because when I watch the videos, I'm like, that's badass. But I understand who you are. I understand what happens in the culture of that business. How does an entrepreneurial couple know that they're qualified now to get this out there and have the confidence of taking that responsibility on, like, hey, I don't care if you're in New York, you know watch this video and it's going to give you an idea of how to better yourself. Did right. you, did it take a long time for you to get there, to get the confidence, to be able to want to get your message out to the masses like this? Yeah. I'm
1: still working on that. right now. And I can tell. <laughs> Um, Matt's helped me a lot with that. You know, I, I've never been, like you said, I'm kind of soft-spoken. I kind of sit back and just work and, you know, not really try to put myself out in the front or anything, but, um, so Matt has definitely helped me with that. You know, I've learned a lot from him, and he's he's taught me over the years. And I think that at this point, like I said, it is kind of a personal commitment. Like, there's so much out there, but not a lot of it's great. So why, if I know that I have something that is good, why wouldn't I want? Why wouldn't I want other people to know about that? You know, and it's not a. I, I do struggle. You know, he, we talked about that. Like, I don't want to be overconfident and say that what we have is the best thing out there. But I will. I am confident enough to know that it's better than a lot of things out there. (laughs) And (laughs) if, if people agree with that, then, then that makes me happy, you know?
0: And I, I think that, I think that as far as getting the videos out there, it really, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Proceed, supersede, (laughs) proceed.
2: Just real quick. The reason why Chad was just laughing (laughs) Aaron's thing; she doesn't want to be overconfident and Joey sticking his butt out because he's always talking about how nice her butt is. And, and his, I, I know his point to that is that is <laughs> just as, as, is just look at you, you should be more confident about this, but, but here's, here's, here's the thing. And we, and, and we, we know, we appreciate that Joey, but here, here's the thing. I, I interject and let Erin finish because this is her baby but there's so many media influencers out there and that's what I call them influencers they're not experts if I'm offending anybody out there that's uh, putting stuff out right now then you, you know I'm sorry but if you are a person who has good aesthetics and you have worked hard for that I commend you These media influencers out there, they're disciplined enough to get those kind of results, and I respect that. It doesn't mean that they know anything about training. The strength training continuum that we follow, what we have done to understand uh, uh, various um, progressions for people, it took years and years and years of not only an uh, understanding the basics like you know insertion origin actions of the muscles for proper biomechanics or the energy system development plan that involves proper you know sleeping cycles and and recovery methods and nutrition plans and things like that, but now you 're talking about over well 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 over a decade of results that we've, we've, uh, we've established within a systematic plan. And I say over a decade, because the first six years, I don't even count. You know, we have about 18 years in on this. The first two years, I wasn't, um, you know, even knowledgeable enough to say that I could create a system. Uh, The next six years, I felt like I spent that time interning under you know climbing the backs of giants so under really really smart guys or girls that were able to give me a little bit better knowledge about what i was doing so guys like mark Verstegen and mike boyle and uh, different people in the in the field that i found to be experts and i knew i could learn from and aaron and i started to do more and more research for our system We didn't want to just have a, a, you know, a system to sell. We wanted something that worked. And we've spent a good 10 years perfecting that system and and sort of polishing that product. But we have countless results that we've already had with people we've been able to work with personally to the point now where we feel like we could put out a really solid system and product that we know works and is, is based off of science is based off of real world results and that's the difference to me is if you're looking for a program and it's based off of how somebody's abs look or how their butt looks you know that's on you if you really think that that means that they know what they're talking about that's on you but if you do a little bit of research to see that there's been a lot of time and energy and passion put into a product Many many years before it's even attempted to be sold into uh, something to give to the world, then I feel like that's something that is probably worth taking a look at and something that maybe you want to try you know so we we think of ourselves at this point as being fitness experts but we put a lot of time in we've uh, we've taken countless certifications we've done our due diligence is all of
0: that information um accessible to a potential client and a customer can they go on and know and because i know how qualified you are and i know that it's an ongoing process for both of you with your certifications with your classes with your schooling with your education it's constant you're in your mid-40s now i know you're in your mid-30s there and that means that he is really like lucky to have you like to get a girl <laughs> your age but 45 years old you continue to to, to challenge yourself to get to become the best I'm, Joe, I'm
2: 46. I know I only look 45. 46, like that's what all the training did for me.
0: But <laughs> Joey, Joey, we talk about Joey all the time, and he's here now. He takes a lot of credit for getting you guys to the point to where you want to come out with videos. He just sent me a text saying that it was his idea <laughs> and that he's been telling you for he years. Has been, he,
1: I, will, I will agree with that. Joey has been telling us for years. But that's, you know.
0: Because he believes in the process. I was going to say,
1: to me, that's a huge compliment because if you have someone like Joey or you, Chad, you know, our clients that have been with us for so long and have seen literally from the ground up what we've become, that to me is is a huge compliment and that does give me confidence. You know, if you guys were to say, no, I don't think you should be doing this, that would that would be, you know, I, I would take that to heart. But, you know, you, you are saying we believe in you, we understand where you guys have come from. So that's, that's huge to me and I, I really do appreciate that. But yeah, all that information... Um, You know, if you go on our website, it does give a brief history of Pandola training um, on there. So I I think I
0: think, Aaron, you're going to be very successful at first, because I think you're a hell of a, a human being. Second, the way that you do. The way that you approach people is is really. Um, not the mentality that I would assume somebody of your stature or your qualifications or, and that, and that might be unfair to say, but usually somebody that is driven and focused like you is a little bit more preempted to be like, Hey, let me teach you something. But I like the way that you're like, hey, this is what we do, We're, it's proven. And the compassion that you have for people really was evident today because I was trying to get you to say like, yeah, and then you just kept firing back at me like, no, it's that's one way to look at it. Here's another way to look at it. So I think that if people really take the time to really ingest in this and look into this information and find out what qualifications are, and then take that first step of getting that video and saying, hey, I'm in I'm in Miami. I don't feel good. I listened to this podcast. I heard about Pandola Fitness, Pandola training, but you said fitness too, fitness experts. I think that you're I think that people could really jive with this with the way that we are on the road, the way that we're getting our content now, the way that we can go and look at a workout. I showed you the video of the workout. I'll show you my little workout regimen that I did the other day right here with these coolers okay. and these box jumps and the yeah. jumps on my barbecue and stuff. I think that if you that mentality that you guys have of of the core um the core thoughts that you guys are giving of why this is important i think that that's going to be the outreach on this and that's why i'm so into it because i really feel like it is a necessity of everything in life starts with training the mentality the, the mental strength and conditioning that it gives your mind, the way it makes you feel about yourself, the way it makes you feel about your vanity, the way you look, the way you feel, the way you approach people, the confidence that you have in life. I swear on everything that I have that it is a, that discipline in athletics and the aesthetics that have come from athletics are a big reason why I have the confidence I do to go into the meetings and into the endeavors that right. I'm in.
1: It does, it does reach across all branches of life. That's for
0: sure. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not even going to get into sex because that would be too personal <laughs> right now. I was really going to get into how much better sex can be, but I don't want to do it with both of you sitting here. I'm going to wait for just I don't we have ma- enough
1: time for that <laughs> conversation.
0: I was just trying to make Joey giggle on that one. But look, I, I'm really into this. I want to do everything that I can to promote the video series to be able to get the message out there. And it doesn't happen overnight. And that's what right. I really want to tell you is that, as long as it's taken to get the confidence to get it don't let it just be quick to lose that confidence right. because the results aren't there it's 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 all about consistency and messaging And we got to figure out ways to get it out there because people deserve to hear it. And it's all about being consistent with that messaging and consistently delivering that consistent message. So there's 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 ways to do it. There's there's platforms to get it out there. We just have to get creative because I think it's a home run for people to have this in their arsenal to wake up in a hotel room and be able to look at somebody and say, that's all I needed. I just needed that motivation. So uh, kudos to you. I think it's cool. People can find these videos at PandolaTraining.com. Correct. Pandola Project on Instagram is what you guys are.
1: Yeah, the video, the best way is through the website PandolaTraining.com. Click on the the Vimeo link. It's all in our social media buttons on the bottom of every page on the website. No matter what page you're on, just scroll down to the bottom. Click on the Vimeo link and it'll forward you right to our on-demand page and all of it's right there. So couldn't be easier
2: you can also contact us on our website it's the easiest way to do it if you have questions about the videos or even if you have some comments on maybe some things you would like us to address for future videos because we are still just really getting started with all of this we we've we've started it 2019 we're launching it but as you interviewed uh, Zach the other day, uh, that trainer who's helping to take over our gym so we can get out of the trenches a little bit more. And our idea on that is that we really want to focus on the outreach for this um, in 2020, especially so. Uh, you know, feedback would really help too. Um, what you think about the videos, if you are using them, what you would like to see more of um, how we could expand this to help you more, because ultimately, that's what it comes down to is we, we are trying to help more people, we want to be able to get outside of Reno, we want to be able to expand our brand, because we do believe that that will help more people and we would rather help to affect 10,000 lives in our lifetime than just the few people who surround us in Reno who can happen to afford the the personal training so to speak so th- this is something that we're passionate about we do want to spend the second half of our careers if you will expanding this this brand so I, I think um, if people are interested and if you want to give us uh, feedback that's a great way to do it just go to our website you can contact us there you can check out the videos and uh, we'd love to hear from you
0: yes and and I and I attest for it I know Joey would as well as in in joey's successful in business in this area and he doesn't have to go to pendola fitness he doesn't have to go train with you guys but he chooses to i think that there's a lot to be said with testimonials and i think that this is a results driven business to where you will get results if you follow this i would like i got a lot of ideas when it comes to this of what i would like to see come out of out of a video series or a a a, online based service like this, Mm -hmm. but the messaging needs to get there. It'd be cool to have seminars where we you go across the country and people get to meet you guys and they get to listen to this because when you really do listen, like I've told people before, Matt is going to talk slow. But if you get past the point of his delivery, the ingestion is like, wow, man, that like literally just gave me like tenfold of what I needed to know to get to this next level. And that's what I get out of it is that If you don't know what you're doing, find somebody that does and and find somebody that you can trust and that is credible and do what they did because they're there. They're doing it. And I think that getting that word out there nationally is awesome. Consistency in that messaging, like I said, is going to be everything. Testimonial is going to be everything in that. And I truly think that Matt says it all the time muscle and proteins and all of that stuff it's hard it's expensive to to eat protein a lot right it's expensive if you're going to invest in one thing in your life having all the money in the world doesn't mean shit if you ain't around to spend it or enjoy it or go and have time freedom now to get on that boat and go enjoy lake tahoe or the caribbean or the mediterranean or whatever you want to do in life invest in yourself, make a better version of yourself. And now that you're not, even if you're not in Reno, you have the ability to get this, find this culture based video series and get involved in it and get entrenched with it and become part of it. And like we are like, I feel guilty as hell when I miss a workout, I hate missing (laughs) workouts, even though they kill me. I really don't feel good if I miss that workout. Which I, we need to have a talk with you know who about missing workouts. Yeah, you know, I think
2: that. We- yeah, Mister uh, missed the gym yesterday, but is showing up today to talk about himself. Um, one thing I will say real quick is on the whole expensive part of things, um, I, I do I do think that's uh, important to address. I talk to people all the time that say, "Geez, I wish I could afford you," or "I wish I wish I could afford to do that." Like how many times a month do you go to Starbucks right how much how, mu- how much do you spend just on coffee a month or I challenge anybody um, to compare budgets our Aaron and I have a very low overhead yet we eat very healthy just the fact that we eat healthy means that we don't really want to eat out that often when we do eat out we enjoy ourselves don't get me wrong but most of the time, it just doesn't fit into our plan. And it's, it's much easier just to pack fresh whole foods. And um, we don't go out that often. A lot of people go out a lot more often or even just going, like you said, to get some fast food more often than they should. And they're spending money on that where they don't need to be. So a lot of times it's just in those adjustments. But people think we spend an arm and a leg on uh, our budget for health and really when you consider the overall big picture the fact that we're not spending that money on other things like fast food cigarettes beer uh, just going out to a dinner period or going out for you know b- breakfast lunch and dinner right we're not spending all that money out outside of our home we're making that food ourselves that saves us a lot of money. So, I don't think that it needs to be expensive to eat healthy. I no. think it just it Or to, just or, to, or to get these
0: videos is very affordable. Very affordable. They can yeah. get all the pricing on on and and make sure that you understand that this just isn't for females. Aaron trains us. We're the, I mean, I don't there's not even another female in our class. We're all guys and she trains us every week and she's very qualified to do so. And when you, when you get into the class with her, you'll probably soon realize that she is a, a lot more qualified than you want her to be because she does kick your ass on a lot of different levels in no, a good no way.
2: Females are, are willing to train with you guys. That's also why it's all <laughs> guys in that class.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. A Joey, group yeah, we have, <laughs> yeah. and that, that is a great group. It's enjoyable. And so that's what I want to do. I want to get it out. I really want to do a podcast with you and Kelly. I want to sit down. Yeah, and, I was and
1: thinking that That'd I, I nice think that,
0: I think it'd be awesome to talk to her and see what her mentality is because I'm really interested in I have a daughter and I would love some hints on how to get them how to be a better father to a female I grew up with two brothers. My mom had my dad and three boys. Yeah. So I never was around a lot of girls. We were in baseball and wrestling and, 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 and rodeo and hunting and fishing and stuff. I think it's cool that girls can go and get a black belt and kick ass like this and train the way you do. I've put up some videos of you a couple weeks ago and people are writing in going, what is she doing? Like nobody has really ever seen some of the moves that you're doing like, a, like the one-legged box squats. Like I gotta show you guys something today before you leave. Um, <laughs> that it's so it's so um qualified to be able to watch what you do and the message that you deliver you I don't want people to come out of this thinking oh she's a girl she can't do it for me and I want to I want to sit down with you and Kelly and figure out that mindset and Joey has a daughter too you guys have a daughter I want to find better ways to get them that confidence that they that they that they deserve to have and there I think it's saying a lot um in today's society that women are doing the things that they're doing consistent with what we're doing. I mean, some of the UFC fighters now with what's going on in even combat sports is very heavy with women now. So I think that, that would be a cool conversation it to would. have. I think that what she's done with Conviction, what she's done with her titles, um, her. I think she's fifth degree black belt. She
1: is, yep.
0: Which is pretty badass. It's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, considering it takes, is she jiu-jitsu Brazilian she, or is she MMA um, too?
1: Well, she's fifth degree black belt MMA, but she has a second degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, wow. Yeah.
0: So she's really qualified. Yeah.
1: She's the nicest sure. person ever, but yeah, she's... That's,
0: and and that's what I talked to Zach about is the mental, you know, the the approach that people have in life that are that are trained in martial arts and the in the confidence that it gives you, the respect it gives you, and you said it today, the compassion that it gives you for people. I think yeah. that that's the that's so important. So, pendola training.com, Aaron Pendola, P E N D O L A, Pendola Project on Instagram. They have the proof is in the pudding. They have turned out athletes that you have all heard about they've trained with olympians they've trained with professional athletes they train um at the olympic training center matt has taught with coach bobby mcgee he has a, a a strong network and the most important thing that they have is the education and the backing of the message that they're delivering which is so important to me because it's easy to say there was a quote on the board yesterday from say the quote real quick from the doctor about the evidence and the proof and 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 how did it go do you remember I'm going to put it up on the website, but it was very important to me to hear that because it's easy to say stuff. That's not backed up by truth. It's easy for me to get on this microphone right now and say th- something. And then people will go out and research and go, well, that wasn't true, but you made it re- you made it sound like it was really true. And it's not. So there there's the, the I think it was something about, man, I don't even want to get into because it, it was such a strong quote to me. I wish I had Scott's book. I should have Scott's book in front of me. <laughs> Scott writes I should, everything down. I, should be taking I, I just
2: took a quote from Dr. Andy uh, Colpin, but it, it just, it was basically, I can't remember the exact quote now. It's just something that I uh, took from uh, something I was reading research-wise from what he did. But it was uh, just basically based off the fact that you need to really follow things that's evidence-based um, uh, science. And um, there's a lot of bro science out there and we need to be careful about what we're believing. So uh, that's, that's what the, the quote was about. But I, I, I do wanna just, last thing to finish with, I feel like all of this uh, that we've talked about today was super important, but with the videos, I do think that we kind of skipped over why these videos can be important for people All these years that we've put into training and developing systems and programming, we look at a lot of the training that's out there right now that people are doing. And, for example, they're doing a lot of push type of movements where... Uh, most people already have too much um, uh, anterior rotation in their shoulder, for example. And so are all those push type of movements um, good for that joint articulation in that shoulder, or is it good for your overall posture? Is it going to allow you to feel better? Is it going to allow you to start moving more functionally or more athletically? So we selected movements that are based off of a specific system where we're going to help to balance your body back out. So we have certain things that we do there where we'll make sure that we have the proper posterior shoulder girdle recruitment. We'll have good three parts pull to a uh, to one part anterior push all of that those things we have thoracic rotation in there for specific reasons we have the internal obliques working with the external oblique on specific movements to make sure that you are able to function well so The point is that can all be very overwhelming to even think about. And I think that when people look at training programs in general, they're so used to looking at almost uh, like bodybuilder type of programs or movements that are aesthetically based, but they're, they're actually creating more problems in the long run for that person functionally. So we've, taken all of that confusion out and we're just giving you what works you don't have to worry about figuring out all of that you certainly can learn more about it but the point is if you follow the programs you know that you're going to work better functionally and again because you're starting to get more functional more athletic the aesthetics will definitely follow but you can do that chronically long term we've figured out the energy system development plan so that you're not always working uh, at intensification for example there's accumulation that we've built into the program and vice versa so that you're not overtraining, overreaching or doing too much of one type of the strength continuum compared to another so that to sum it up is what the training is really about to us that we have a good balance in that and we don't think that people should um you know be confused with that with too much terminology or too much information so all you have to do is follow the programs and that's all figured out for you watch the video yeah
0: very well said Matt. you're on fire today i'm very very impressed with your ability to to lay it out like that, that's better than I could have said it. Like that's uh, right there is enough reasoning to get involved and get the video. So we're going to be delivering the message. It's pendolafitness.com. Look at the videos.
1: PandolaTraining.com.
2: Frick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> PandolaTraining.com. PandolaTraining.com. Okay. Get on there and check out these videos because... What Matt just said summed it all up. That's a great reason. They take all the guesswork out of it and they're qualified. Their credentials speak for themselves and the proof is in the pudding. So for Aaron Pandola, for her awesome husband, Matt Pendola, they're both very lucky to have each other and they're doing a great job of raising their daughter. And I even had my daughter Alyssa tell me yesterday, I want to go back to the gym again. So that's cool because she's been in there twice and she's going to, I want her to come back in there and hang out. Um, we will be back in the gym. I, maybe we do a, a podcast live from the gym one day and, and film it and do some of these film, some of these things to accompany the podcast. Yeah. I think that would be really neat. There's going to be a okay. lot more coming out of this life ain't for everybody with Pendola training. Check them out at pendolatraining.com and look at these videos, get involved with these videos and make a better version of yourself. And again, like Matt said, if you have questions for them, you can contact them and oh, you can get in touch with us. We can put you in direct contact with those after we get their approval because they do have a very busy um, schedule during the day as far as training goes and getting their clients the results that they're looking for. I have been there since the year 2005. I took a few years off after my dad died, but I would not change it for the world. I feel guilty when I miss a workout and I live a very, very active lifestyle and to be in pain or to not feel good or not understand systematic breathing or sleep habits or anything that I've learned through Pendola training, I wouldn't want to go through life without it. So take it from me, get involved, with them, they are two badasses living the American dream, the entrepreneurial spirit and they're compassionate enough to share this knowledge and this message with the rest of the country. Pandolatraining.com Tom Rashachine, please do me a favor play Leith Lofton, what you gonna do when the money's all gone, thank y'all so much for the support of the podcast and remember to get signed up at NAWTC.com for the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships, brought to you by my good friends at Bone Collector. thank y'all very
2: much Say life owners won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone